You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Hallelujah. Anybody happy to be in church today? Woohoo! I told them not to tell nobody I was preaching. Nobody would show up. So we're going <laughs> to... Those of you who endured the rain, thank you so much for being here. Anybody here for the first time? Anybody a first-time visitor besides my sweet mama? Nobody? Awesome. Well, my mom and my grandmother are here today. She went outside for a minute. So I want to honor them. Thank you so much. And my sister and her fiancé, soon-to-be husband. Praise God. Holy matrimony. It's always a good thing. Awesome. I'm going to be reading out of Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, going through verse 41. I want to tell you a little joke really quick, just to kind of get you going. There was a little boy, my wife and I did a wedding yesterday, this is what reminded me. There was a little boy that went to this wedding, right, and his, his, his aunt was getting married, and his cousin was sitting there on the first row with him, and he said, he said hey, uh, Bert, how many, how many wives do you think a man, a man can have? And, and Bert said, well, obviously 16 you know and the the little boy confused said well how did you, how'd you come up with 16 and he said well that preacher just said for better for worse for richer for poor there you go there's 16 <laughs> so thank you for amusing me with your laughter I really appreciate that my wife didn't laugh so And my glasses are in the car, so this thing's got to be right up here. Mark chapter (laughs) 1, starting in verse 1. Miss Whitney's going to put that on the screen for me. The Bible says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare the way before you. The The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist and and ate locusts and wild honey. And they preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down to loose. And I indeed baptize you with water, water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the spirit drove into him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And he was walked by, and as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting net into the sea, and for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Then immediately they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. 
And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in, in the boat with the hired servant and went after him. Then he went into Capernaum, I'm sorry, Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man there in the synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have you done? What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And now when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, he cried out with a loud voice, and he came out of him. Then when they were all amazed, so the question among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For what authority commands he even the unclean spirits? And they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region of Galilee. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. At the evening when the sun had set, he brought, they brought him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before the daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place to pray, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing be cleansed. Father, thank you for the next few minutes under your word. I thank you, God, for your people that have come out today, God, no doubt with a spirit of expectation of great things from a great God today. I thank you, Father God, that they're going to leave here with greater understanding of your word than what they came in with. God, new revelation. God, illuminate their minds, Father God, with, with, with things that they already knew but they may have forgotten. God, thank you, Father God, for encouraging your people. God, and mending the hearts and, and minds of relationships here today. Father, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, that was a lot of scripture. It's okay to read the Bible in the house of God, right? <laughs> I wanted to read a lot of that just so that you can have the, the, the setting of, of what was happening, what was going on around, just so you can have the placement of where Jesus and John were and Jesus was baptized and all these things that happened. I wanted to kind of give you the, the setting of, of what was going on. Verse 9, the Bible says that Jesus... Um, was baptized by John, right? And starting in verse nine, uh, he was baptized by John. They had a special moment, right? This is something that they, that they shared together. Can you imagine baptizing Jesus, the son of God, right? You, you are having a incredible moment. This is an incredible relationship, but also with Jesus. I mean, Jesus loved John. Um, you know, the, even before they were born, uh, John leapt in the womb, right? Whenever Jesus, whenever Mary came, I mean, Elizabeth came up to Mary and, and, and Jesus, and Jesus was in Mary's womb and, and John was in Elizabeth. John leapt, you know, there was excitement. So they have a relationship, 
right? They have a, they have a special bond. They have a spiritual connection. So the Bible says that, that John baptized Jesus, and then a voice came from heaven. So that, that I mean, that makes it even that more special, right? The Bible doesn't say that Jesus heard the voice. The Bible says that a voice came from heaven. So that means that John had to have heard this voice, right? The heavens opened up. The, you know, the voice came from heaven. There's my son whom I'm well pleased. John experienced that with Jesus. So they have a spiritual connection. They're, they're together, right? And then the Bible says that in verse 14, now after John was put in prison, Jesus wept and couldn't go on. Right? Is that what it says? No? Am I, I don't know if maybe that's... Put a, pull up 14 for me. Let me see. I'll read it right here. Now, John was put into prison, and Jesus went into Galilee. He didn't weep. He didn't stop. He didn't say, I can't go on. Right? John was put into prison. It would have been easy for Jesus to say, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, let me, let me, go, and try to, let me go and try to fix this because I know that if I, maybe there's something that I can say. But he wasn't able to do that because he had a mission. Right? Tell somebody, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You have a mission from God. Don't let special relationships, don't let special spiritual connections keep you from going on and doing what God has called you to do. Like I said, it would be easy for Jesus to say, wait a minute, let me go back over here and try to take care of John. It doesn't mean that he's being mean. It doesn't mean he's being inconsiderate, but he had a mission. He knew that he had something that he had to do, and he was going for it. Thinking about all the things that he did after he left John, uh, he says, you know, wait, let me say this to you really quick. People are going to come and go in your life. People are going to come and go. It's the way of life. It's so urgent that we cannot let some, something or someone hold us in this place right here when God is calling us to be in this place over here because you're just losing out on what God has for you. Look at all the things that Jesus did after he left and he went into Galilee. John went to prison, to jail, and Jesus went on into Galilee because he had something that he had to do. Keep moving, don't lose focus. Do not lose focus. Uh, Galatians 6 and 9, you don't have to turn there, keep your place in Mark, I'll just kind of read it for you. It says, and let not, the, let not us grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I like the way the New Living Translation says it. It reads, so let us not get tired of doing what is good because at the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Also, the message version, I really like this one. Anybody know of the message version? It's really awesome. It's kind of idiot-proof, honestly. Maybe I shouldn't say idiot standing here, but I did, so... um. (laughs) So, but literally, if, if you're having an issue understanding the Word of God, Go try out the message. Just kind of look at it. You know, you can you can even compare it to the King James and just so, just to make sure that you're you're understanding it correctly. But the message version says it like this: Don't get fatigued in doing good things. At just the right time, somebody say just the right time. We will harvest a good crop if we do not quit. I don't know about you, but I could use a just about the right time right about now. Anybody else in this place could use a good crop at just the right time right about now. Amen? I'm telling you, God is faithful. And if you do not give up, your just the right time is going to show up at just the right time. And you're going to get a good crop, a good harvest in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. If... It's God who gives me strength 
and makes my way perfect. Psalms 18.32 says, encourage yourself in remembering that God is not even giving up on you. Just like Pastor Israel was talking about just a few minutes ago, John called himself the disciple that Jesus loved, right? John had a revelation that if nobody else is going to encourage yourself, you got to encourage your own self, just like David did. He encouraged his own self. Somebody needs to encourage your own self, start declaring what God says over you, and don't give up, right? If God is not going to give up on you, then why should we give up on him? Philippians 1 6 says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful will not give up will be faithful to complete it even unto the day of Jesus Christ he's not giving up on you we can't give up on what he's called us to do right somebody say amen let me know that you're awake today amen I'm gonna need your help today let's go back to verse 25 of Mark chapter one, he casts out an unclean spirit. I'm just gonna move through these quickly. He casts out an unclean spirit in verse 25. In verse 31, he healed Simon's mother-in-law. Simon probably never forgave him for that. The Bible doesn't mention it. <laughs> verse 32, they started bringing people to him. There were so many people after him that they started bringing people to Jesus to heal. In verse uh 34, he, the Bible says that he casts out many more devils, many more healings took place. In verse 35, Jesus went away to pray. Tell somebody, I got to pray. Tell somebody else, I got to pray. We have got to make time to pray. Let me read Mark verse 1, I mean chapter 1 and verse 35. Miss Whitney has that up. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before the daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. One translation says he left the house. I think it was the King James Version. I sometimes need to leave the house. I have amazing children, and they've got amazing talents, and one of my amazing children has an amazing talent of playing the amazingly loud drums, and sometimes I just got to leave the house you got to leave your distractions. Tell your neighbor, leave you the distractions. We've got to pray. Um, <laughs> notice that he says that, that he got up. He left the house. He got up early, left the house. We've got to leave the distractions. If you want time with God, you got to get the distractions out of the way, right? So, but get this. The Bible says after that, when Jesus left, it says that, Simon and his companions came looking for him. Your distractions are sometimes going to follow you. They're going to come looking for you. So you got to keep in your mind, leave the distractions. Get it away from me. I need time with God. Now, in, in, in the version uh, of the Bible about me and Parrish, it would say, now Casey and Parrish got up while it was still dark and left the house to go to a solitary place to pray, and Savannah, Malachi, and Carlisle came looking for them. They depend on us, right? <laughs> Me and Parrish have a responsibility in our children. While it can be distracting at times, you know, it, it is. It, it is what it is. I'm, you know, that's, I'm not saying that to be harsh or, or, or mean against my children. I love them with all my heart. But you've got to get some things out of the way. Make priorities. Set things apart. Set things out on the side that you know you can come back to. 
We've got to make time to pray. It's pr- prayer is your spiritual connection with God. That's what keeps you motivated. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you going. Uh, how many of you get busy? Of course we do. We're alive, right? We are alive. Parrish and I were talking about it, you know, and I, I think I may, I mean, you probably know. We have full-time careers, both of us. We both have um, you know, our, our kiddos, we have the ministry, we have a lot of things going on in our lives. Our jobs are very demanding. We have a lot of times, you know, that they'll, I, I'll get a call at midnight, you know, and I have to wake up and, and deal with an issue, at, you know, at one of the properties or whatever, you know, things happen. And I have caught myself <laughs> trying to convince myself that it's okay to wait to pray. Anybody else done that? Am I the only real person here today? <laughs> I'm telling you, I've, I've caught myself being like, uh, you know, I, I did, I prayed this morning, right? So I've already kind of had a conversation with God. Pray without ceasing. How about that? All through the day, the, you know, pray without ceasing. Let your, let a praise continually be on your mouth. Um, the, the evening prayer, you know, I, you, there shouldn't be a morning, evening and, and midday prayer. Like, like even myself sometimes try to, try to, make time for right you've got to make time to pray you've got to keep yourself uh in a spiritual connection with god even though we get busy it's it's very crucial to the christian body uh martin luther said it like this i'm so busy today that i have to spend three hours in prayer this morning to get it all done he was quoted saying that how many of us can say, I'm so busy today, i got to spend three hours in prayer to make sure I get all this done, right? I can't lie. I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> I'm working on it, all right? Just like we're working on it. I can pray without ceasing um, in, in my spirit, and that's, 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 that's important. That's what you should do. So we have got to pray, pray, pray. Uh, what what came into my spirit actually while I was praying last night <laughs> is a lot of times we end up making excuses instead of time. Just like I was doing, just like I caught myself earlier in the week. I can I can skip prayer you know this time because I prayed I did pray this morning and and I've really got to make this phone call and then and then after the phone call I really have to you know make get on the internet make sure my kids have lunch money on their school cards and and then you know I've got to get in contact with my wife and see what time that wedding is on Saturday and then I've got to do this and then I've got to do that and then I've got to you know get on planning center on for the church and make sure that the lineup is on there and then call Pastor Israel and, and ask him how to do a lot of things because I'm still learning it and then. <laughs> you know, and all these things, you know, are, are coming up, and you've got to just stop making excuses. That, that's just the bottom line. We have to stop making excuses and start making time for prayer. What if God just did not make time for us? What if he just started making excuses? Uh, pull back your toes a little bit. I'm stepping on them, right? <laughs> what if... What if God was like, well, I, you know, I know that Casey's really wanting to talk to me, but I've really, you know, um, Christina over here is, is really, she's been pulling on me a lot, so I really, need a, I really need to go talk to her. What if? I mean, it's never going to happen, but what if? What if the roles were reversed? Would you appreciate that very much? Heck no. Not no, but heck no. Heck no. H-E-C-K, heck no. <laughs> Let's read Matthew chapter 7. 
Prayer is important from receiving, for receiving things from God. Matthew chapter seven, as Miss Whitney's putting it on the screen, we're gonna go to verse seven. Matthew seven, verse seven. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and him, to him who knocks it will be opened. For everyone who, or what, or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, it will be given him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, it will be given him a serpent. If you then being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Asking him, that's prayer. I am so excited about God wanting to get good things to you. We've got to get that in our mind, in our concept. A lot of people believe that we just, you know, God just wants us to barely get by. The Bible doesn't say that God wants to get things to us when we ask. The Bible says he wants to get good things to us when we ask. Anybody want to ask for good things today? Anybody? Am I the only one that wants good things from a good God? Right? Amen. So everyone knows the story of Hannah. It's very, very common. I'm not going to go to um, 1 Samuel, but I'll just kind of give you a brief um, roundabout story. It says that, um, you know, Hannah, everybody knows she wanted a baby, right? She wanted a baby so bad. Um, Hannah's a really good um, woman in the Bible to, to preach on, but, but, you know, that'll be for another day. But she's, she wanted a baby so bad. The Bible even says that she quit eating. She's like, God, I need a son. I'm not going to eat until I get a baby, right? I need something from you, God. She prayed a prayer of faith. Not only did she pray a prayer of faith, but Elkanah, her husband, she went home and knew him, the Bible says. Anybody that don't know what that means, she knew him in a biblical sense. She went home and did what she had to do to make a baby happen. Not only did she ask for it, but she did her part. She did what God needed her to do on her end because God can't do everything. You have a job to do, right? You've heard the story about the blonde that, that went to get a lottery ticket. Now, I'm not condoning or condemning the lottery the playing of the lottery. Don't come up after service and ask my opinion. I'm not going to tell you. But <laughs> a blonde went to, went to God in prayer, and, and she was like, God, I really want to win the lottery. I need the lottery. You know, God, that if I win the lottery, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give X amount of money to the church, and, and I'm going to buy the pastor a new car. Praise God, anybody want to buy the pastor a new car? I want to make sure he's riding in something fly. So, you know, he's, she's, 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 she's talking to God, and she's like, I really want to win the lottery, God. I want to win the lottery week after week. Powerball after Powerball. Do they have Powerball in Oklahoma? Powerball after Powerball. She went <laughs> seeking God. I really want to win the lottery. And she'd turn, tune in and watch the news. And, and, you know, she didn't win. And then finally one day she, she went in her prayer closet and she said, God, I have been asking you for years to win the lottery. I really want to do that. Why, why is it that, that I can't win the lottery? And God said, you have to buy a ticket. You really have got to buy a ticket. If you want to win a lottery, you've got to buy a ticket. My point is we have a part to do. God can't do everything. Just like Hannah prayed, believed God, prayed a prayer of faith, but then she went home and did what she had to do to make a baby happen. It was born. 
She did what she had to do and made it happen. The baby was conceived and born, the Bible says. I have a feeling that you have some things in your life that need to be born and that you've got some things that need to come to pass, but God is waiting on you and me to step up and do our part because we're praying, but we're not doing what we need to do to help make it happen. Amen. Amen. I'm glad one person agrees with me in this house today. That is encouraging Kenny. Woo! <laughs> We've got to do our part. We've got to make sure that we're doing what we need to do and not just expecting God to do it all. You know, um, when you do your part, God is completely faithful. He wants to make sure that you get good things. We just read Matthew chapter 7. That is so encouraging to me, and it should encourage you that the Bible doesn't say he wants to get you things. He wants to get you good things. Say good things with your own mouth. Good things. My God wants to give me good things. I can think of some pretty good stuff. Can you? I can think of some pretty good stuff. God does not want you on barely get by street or struggle way. He wants to get you good things because you ask. That's all. Just ask and do your part. He wants to get the good things to you. It's so good to me. Let's go back to Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. Tell the person sitting next to you, seek God. Tap the person on the other side. Tell them, seek God. Let's, let's wake up. Tap somebody else. Seek God. <laughs> let's read Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. The Bible says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. If you are willing, if you are willing, we have been conditioned to say if to God. If you are willing. This guy... Imagine, look, we just went through and, and saw all the things that Jesus did, even healing the mother-in-law, right? He did everything, right? So his fame was completely glorious in that, in that land at that time. He had done all of those things. It even says that they were bringing people to him. They were going out seeking people to bring to him to, for them to get healed and demons cast out. There was a need. Jesus was fulfilling it. So there's no doubt that this leper already knew what was happening he already knew. People were talking about it. When you get a healing, do you just sit down and say, well, thank you, Jesus? Heck no, you go tell somebody. You say, look what God did for me. I couldn't do this with my leg before, but now I can. You're telling somebody about it, right? So there is no doubt in my mind that this little leper knew everything that was happening around him in the city, and Jesus was headed to the next town to do the same thing. So if they knew he was coming, this leper had to know that he had the ability to heal his body. 
So even with the knowledge that the leper had that Jesus could do it, his mindset was keeping him in the if category, if you are willing, if you want to, if you can, right? We as a church cannot stay stuck in if. If should not be in your vocabulary when it comes to your God and your healing and your God and your provision and your God and your deliverance. Prosperity, my helpmate. <laughs> if should not be in your vocabulary. The Bible says that a man with lepr leprosy came to Jesus. He sought after God. He sought him. It didn't say that Jesus went to him. Jesus didn't walk down the street and walk up to him. He has before, but this particular situation did not happen that way. The leper sought God. He went to God. So, again, he had to know. He had to know that he could do it. He wouldn't have went to him. Are you going to go to a doctor if you know that he has bad stats? <laughs> Everybody that goes to see him dies anyway. You're going to go see that doctor? You're going to be standing in line to go see him, right? You have got to get the mind's concept of your God is able, he's willing, and he wants to do it for you. <laughs> um, seek God. Take your problems to God. We had a little boy living in our house, and I was speaking with this gentleman earlier. We've, we've fostered um, a total of five kids uh, in our nine years of marriage something like that, and um, four kids. And so we went to, uh, I had this little boy named Davian. We, we brought him here with us a few times, a little Hispanic boy. Love him so much. It's actually a family member, so we definitely love him. And he, he was in our kitchen one day, and um, uh, Parrish is a collector of coffee cups. She loves coffee cups she loves coffee but she loves coffee cups so all these unique cups little everybody has a story you know all these little cups have a story this one came from this place or you know my mom got her this one or you know whatever she has these special coffee cups all of them have a story well she has this rack in the middle of our um in our kitchen area breakfast nook area that has has all the coffee cups about nine of them on there and it's got little hangers you know he's took a little coffee cup a lot nice little setup it's pretty and stuff and so she has this little rack well avian was new to our home he had not been there long and he went through the kitchen and him and malachi were tearing up stuff i'm sure and, <laughs> and they were running through and he knocked over the coffee cups and broke about three of them and knowing how Dodo was, that's who, that's what he calls Parrish, Dodo, so y'all can call her Dodo. Knowing how Dodo was about her coffee cups, he takes off running. He hits the deck, he goes under Savannah's bed, and he's not coming out. He is not coming out. I went in, and I was like, come on, Avian, you know, like maybe a little puppy, come on, come on, come on, because I was not crawling under the bed, right? And so I'm like, come on, Avian, nobody's mad at you, buddy, you know, the mistakes happen, things happen, it's not a big deal. So we're like trying to coax him out from under the bed, and and every time Avian did something that he knew he was, that, that he was wrong for, that, that he should be getting in trouble for, he ran and hid under the bed. Every single time. Am I lying? Every time. Took off, hot-tailed it underneath the bed, right? He was running. This is, this is what is incredible to me, that the God that we serve, 
does not want you to run away from him when a situation or a problem comes up. The God that I serve and the God that you serve says in Hebrews chapter 4, 16, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and help in time of need. Don't run from God, run to God. Don't run like Avian did underneath the bed. Run to God. The Bible says again, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and help in time of need. Don't run from God, run to God. We have to be the people that stops telling our God how big our situations are and start being a people that tell our situations how big big our God is. Are you thankful today for a God that wants you healed, that wants you delivered, that wants you set free, that wants to be your help in time of need? Let me try this side. I said, are you happy today that you have a God that wants you healed, wants you delivered, wants you set free, wants to be your help in your time of need? Hallelujah. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that you serve. He wants to get good things to you, and he wants to be your help in time of need. He wants you to come boldly. I didn't make this up. I didn't write it. Like like Dr. John says, I just found it. I didn't write it. I just found it. I happened to be going through the book of Hebrews in chapter 4 and came across this life-changing verse. (laughs) God wants you to come to him. He's not mad at you. Things that you've done is in the past, is the past. My wife and I were um, cleaning out our garage when we were moving from McKinney, and she said, (laughs) I had used one of her, I'm like a, I like to think of myself as artsy, right? So I like to paint stuff and, you know, ruin stuff and do all kinds of stuff, try to make, think that it looks good. And so I used one of my wife's casserole <laughs> pans as, and I turned it upside down and set something on it and I was painting it. And I noticed that I had gotten some paint on it. So I didn't say anything. I just stuck it in the shelf in the garage. And because I'm like, she has 40 of them, you know, I mean, she'll never know. So I just stuck it in the, in the garage, stuck it in the shelf. And when we were moving, my wife saw this <laughs> casserole dish with paint on it. And she brought it in and she said, Casey, uh, did you use my casserole dish to paint? Did you paint on this? And I said, yeah, but that was in the past. So, you know, and which it was, right? And she said, well, if it happens in the future, I'm going to punch you in the face. So. It will not happen again, but the point is the past is the past. The past is yesterday. The past is two minutes ago. You can do something, and God does not see it when you ask for forgiveness in two seconds ago, right? He's not going to take that against you. You could have done something in the car on the way to church. You could have done something walking through the front door before you got to your seat in the sanctuary, and God is a forgiving God. He wants to get good things to you. Go boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and help in time of need. In your time of need, in your time of trouble, one translation says, don't run from God. (laughs) We've been conditioned with a mindset that says God can and God will, right? How many times have you heard it? God can and God will. But a lot of times we, we stop there and we keep that in our, in our minds that God can and God will. But we forget the detail that God can and God will and God can and will for me. 
God can and will, and he can and will for you. You may believe that just like the leper, he saw all this stuff happening. God can and will. Heck yeah, he can. I saw him doing it. But if you're willing for me, right? That was his mindset. God can and God will, and he can and will for me. So why don't you say that with me today? God can, God will, and God can and will for me. Why don't you put your name in it? God can and God will, and God can and will for Amen. Amen. God wants it for you, even worse than you want it. Telling you. So the leper said to, to Jesus, if you are willing, and Jesus said, I am willing, and the man was made whole. We've talked about three things so far. We've talked about, last time I preached, I, I started, um, and I didn't, I ran out of time, and I didn't finish. So I just picked up with don't stop, which is what I ended with last time. Don't stop. Never give up. Keep going. Pray. Seek God and worship. Those are the four things that I'm talking to you about today. Don't stop. We've talked about praying, and we've just talked about seeking God. Don't run from God. Run to God. He wants to be your help and your time of need. Now we're going to talk about worshiping. I am a worshiper. I love to worship. Anything that's happening in my life can't be cleared up, can be cleared up with worship. And I don't care where I'm at. I can be in the smack dab middle of Walmart. Something ticks me off and I need over it. I'll just start worshiping. People look at me like I'm crazy, but I do it anyway. <laughs> I'm sure my neighbors at our new apartment, the walls are a lot thinner than in a house, so they they probably don't like me too much sometimes. But let's look in Acts chapter 16 and verse 22. Before we read it, I want to give you a little uh, what happened up to this point, just for the sake of time, so we're not so I'm not having to rush through this. So in Acts chapter 16, let me set the scene. Paul casts out a demon out of a fortune teller, and her owners had them arrested. They realized that Paul had ruined their lucrative business is exactly what happened. The fortune teller was following them around. The Bible says, and I think Paul just flat got irritated. Leave us alone. <laughs> Come out of her, you know? And so the Bible says that they were making a lot of money. Right, she was. She had. She had the ability. It was a fortune teller. She, but the ability came from the wrong power, and Paul knew that. So Paul cast it out of her, freed the woman. She couldn't do it anymore, and so they lost their business. So you can imagine why they were thrown in prison. He's like, "This cannot happen. I need my money." So they had him thrown in prison, and the Bible says, Acts chapter sixteen, in verse twenty-two. Then the multitude arose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, can 
have has anyone ever heard of Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? It's a book. It's a children's book. Anybody heard of it? Maybe they don't have it in Oklahoma. Have you heard of it, teacher? No? Miss C? No? I don't know. It's a children's book, and it's called Alexander, and it's, it's like a little mouse, and it says terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, and all through the book. Have you heard of it? Yes. Awesome. I'm not alone. Somebody else has heard of it. So Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. He's, you know, all through the book, he's, he's just having a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. My point is, this is Paul and Silas. This is a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. They are getting the short end of the stick, right? Literally beating them. So the, can you imagine their, their backs are bloody? Their, their, their minds are probably spinning like, you know, this is crazy. We didn't do anything wrong. We're minding our own business. We're doing what, you know, what we're supposed to do. And they just jerk us up and put us in this, in this jail cell, in this prison. And so they were in the jail cell. They were beaten. They were bloody, no doubt hurting. And this is what's amazing to me. The Bible says in verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were complaining about their situation and cursing God. No. Whew. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Let me say this. I've said it again, but I'll say it again. Anytime I have an opportunity, other people are watching the way that you are handling situations and circumstances. When you became a Christian, you put your own self in limelight. People are watching how you're handling stuff. People are watching the, the verbiage that you use, right? Your neighbor, who's an old billy goat of a lady, right, mean and, and angry all the time, something happens to you and you start worshiping God, think about how she's going to think. Woo, wow. What's the, who's the God that, that, that they serve? I want, I want that kind of power. I want the kind of power that when all these horrible, terrible, no good, very bad days happened and I hear them worshiping, I want to know how I can do that. I want to know what, what, what gives them the power to do that because I want it. So that didn't cost you anything. You don't have to pay me for that. That was free. That was totally free. But let's get back. They were beaten and they were, they were bloody and hurting, right? Verse 25. They were worshiping. About midnight, Paul and Silas were singing hymns and praying. The other prisoners were listening to them. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and worshiping. Suddenly there was a such a violent earthquake that every chain, everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and noticed that the prison doors were open and he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. <laughs> suddenly, anybody need a suddenly today? Suddenly an earthquake came. In the midst of your sorrow, when you begin to worship your God, you can expect some suddenlies to happen. You can expect some situations to turn around. You can expect some people to be forgiven. You can expect some people to forgive you. We, don't, we do stuff wrong, right? Eh, we need forgiveness. But we can expect those things when we start worshiping. We can expect situations to turn around for our good. The Bible says all things work out for your good because you love God. All things. It doesn't say some things. It doesn't say this thing. It doesn't say only, only the things that happen on the 25th of April. It doesn't say the, the, the bad things. It doesn't say the good things. It says all things. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything works out for your good because you love God. 
<laughs> that is a miracle. Worship can get you out of some situations. If you didn't hear, she said that a, a little boy was kidnapped, and he somebody must have taught him well. He must have heard me last time I said that. And <laughs> so he was kidnapped, and, and, and the news said that he was singing a worship song or a Christian song for three hours and while the guy, kidnapper was driving, and he finally got tired of it and let him loose. Your situation will get tired of it and let you loose, I'm telling you. It'll happen. It will happen. It will happen. Something that I want to remind you of is that it doesn't have to be the kind of worship setting that, that you think of in your mind. Whenever I first started leading worship, I got confused sometimes 10 years ago because I would start thinking, well, you know, I went to this church and they had lights flashing in the background and that really set, brought the spirit in, right? Don't look at me so holy. You've done it. You know. Or I would say, or I would say, you know, go to another church. Well, that they had a better bass player, so that really, that really brought in the glory, right? Or, or this, you know, the screen uh, it was bigger here at this church, so the people saw the words better, and that that's what really, you know, ushered in the Holy Ghost. Your spirit worshiping God is all that's needed. That's what's needed. I've seen my wife several times looking, looking just as as sassy as she does here, jumping up and down, worshiping God on, this, on the stage with the lights and the towers and the, the, the set design and the, the words on the screen and incredible musicians. We have an awesome team here at the River Durant. I'm telling you, you should really appreciate them. They work their tails off and they are really incredible. But we don't need them. We don't need it to worship. It's good to have, but it's not, it's not what worship is the music the 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 design the all of these things is not necessary it's cool it's it's nice it may help it may say hmm may put you in a you know an atmosphere but we've got to learn to to not depend on those things we've got to have our heart worshiping god it doesn't matter if you're you know whatever you're going through you just need to take a minute and just begin to worship with your own mouth lord you are good and your mercy endureth forever i love you god because you've done great things for me father you're so holy and i worship you god today because you're so wonderful you're deserving of all the glory and the honor and the power in the name of jesus just begin to worship just begin to worship, lifting up your voice, showing God that you appreciate, lifting his name high because he's so worthy of it, right? Um, you don't need the things that, that, are, that are around you. You don't even need to be dressed up. Me and your PJs. It'll work the same. It's true. So... Pastor Ann told, told a story a few weeks ago that uh, she was really needing to get into the doctor's office. And, um, you know, she had been waiting for a long time, you know, probably months, and they keep calling and saying, uh, you know, I'd, we can't see you today, maybe, maybe next week. And so then her appointment would come up the next week. She'd be getting ready, and they'd call and say, ah, we can't see you today, maybe, maybe next week or maybe tomorrow or maybe this or, you know. And Pastor Ann was telling us, and she said, I got sick of it. I got tired of not being, my appointments kept changing, and it was, it was irritating to me. So I do, did what only I knew I could do. She said, as soon as they called the last time and said, 
can't come in today. Your, your appointment's being changed. She said, I hung up that phone, and I just began to worship. I began to declare good things to my God because he's good to me. And I just began to just worship and pray and, and seek God, right? She began to, she began to um, worship, pray, seek God, and she didn't stop. She kept going. She kept going. She kept going. She believed her God for good things because he is good to her. And so a few minutes after that, about 10 minutes, she said, they called back and said, hey, we just had a cancellation. We'd like to see you today. Come on in. Your situation can change. You don't have to stay stuck in a rut. You don't have to stay stuck in a mud hole. Your God wants good things for you. Seek God. Don't stop. Pray and worship. And watch situations turn around in your life. Watch the things that you've been going through for even years turn around in your life. Amen. God wants good things for you. If you don't hear anything I said today, know that God wants good things for you. He's not a God that wants you to barely get by or just to have the average things. He wants good, good, good. If you're here today and you, and you have never experienced the goodness of God, if you're here today and you, and you may think in your mind, I, I, I have, you know, been there, but now I'm, this, all these things have happened and all these, all these, you know, crazy dilemmas and all these crazy relationships have just discouraged me. And I just, I, I want to get back to the good things that God has for me. I want to get back to, to believing and knowing that my God is good, that he wants good things for me. Would you bow your heads today with me? If you're here today and you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you're here today and you, and you know about God, but you've never just declared with your mouth that he is your Lord, he is your God, would you lift up your hand? If you're saying to me, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I want to know that I'm going to heaven, just lift up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, if you're here today and you say, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come up. I just want to know who I'm praying for. If you're here today and you say, look, Casey, man, I've, I've been going through some stinking thinking. I've been going through some things that have really drugged me down. And I know that God's good, but I've kind of gotten back away from it. And I appreciate the encouragement that, that you know, that you brought today. If you want me to, to pray with you, I'm not going to call you up. I just want to, I just want to pray for you in my own time, but I want to know who I'm praying for. Lift up your hands for me. Father, you're faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your power. I thank you for the Holy Ghost being relevant and evident here today, God. Thank you, Father, for lives being touched and changed by the power of your word. I thank you, Father God, for people coming back and knowing in the past that you were good, but, but more importantly, knowing now in the present that you're still good. Father, you're so incredible, and I just give you glory. I thank you for your people. I thank you for the for the um, encouragement that they are to even me. Father, I thank you for those that have lifted their hands to receive you as their personal Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Father, for those that have lifted their hands today, God, that they just want to come back. It doesn't mean they lost salvation. It doesn't mean, it just means that they've been unfaithful to you. 
And I thank you, Father God, that you are receiving them back, God, that you you never left them, God, but that you're 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 commencing your relationship with them, God, and that they're going to continue to be faithful to you, that they're going to love you, that they're going to serve the house of God. Now, if you lifted your hands today, God, if you if you've lifted your hands to receive God as as your personal Lord and Savior today, let me walk you through a prayer. You just say this with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. I know that that I need you. And I know that you died on the cross. I know that you rose again. And I know that you died on the cross and rose again for me. And today, I'm receiving you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I'm going to be faithful to you and faithful to your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. You will never be the same. Anything that you've ever done in the past has completely gone away. Anything that you may have you may think in your mind or keep in your mindset is completely gone away now. It's not even there anymore, right? You are a child of the living God, and I thank you for, 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 sub, for submitting and yielding to the Holy Ghost today because I know that that's exactly what it was. Thank you also for raising your hand if you are just coming, refreshing your relationship with your God and just and re-encouraging yourself that he wants good things for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm so glad to be here today. Did you get anything out of it? Anything at all? Amen, 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 amen. Stand on your feet. We're going to go out of here with a shout. Father, I thank you for your people, God. I thank you, Father, that you're blessing them and they're going out just like you blessed them and they're coming in. Thank you, Father, that you've made them the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, first, not last, the victor, not the victim. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody clap your hands.